What's going on, Tribe from the North, Brave and Bold, bearing banners of silver and gold? Welcome to Tubbs at the Club podcast, episode number two. Can't wait to share this one with you guys as I'll be having a conversation with three of the admins from the FCS Fans Nation uh, Facebook account. They also have Twitter, Snapchat. They hold a bunch of contests and events, so make sure you go check them out. Also, uh, there'll be a lot of information about everything they do at the end of the podcast, so make sure you stay tuned all the way through the end. I hope you guys enjoy this one, and I'll see you guys on the other side after the Sound of Idaho leads us in. All right, so I got three guests here with me today. I've got Lawrence, Matthew, and Kyler. They're the admins for the FCS Nations page on Facebook and Twitter, and so they're kind of our our local FCS experts as we take you guys through a uh, explanation of kind of our, our new division and what to expect and you know where where we fit in the the whole grand scheme of things. So uh, let you guys welcome yourselves, give a, a little tidbit about you. Yeah, so I, I could start. So my name's Kyler. Um, I'm from Washington. I went to Eastern Washington University. Uh, I pretty much rep the big sky for our page on an admin basis. Um, but yeah, that, that's me. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, man. Hey, guys. It's uh, Matthew Frazee. I'm the NDSU rep in uh, FCS Fans Nation. Um, consider myself the non-biased Bison fan of the group. <laughs> and, the one film. Uh, while we're sitting on top, I'm excited to get ready for the season to start here in uh, 25 days to try to see if we can keep it up. But uh, thanks for having us, Chris. We really appreciate it, man. Yeah. Hey, guys. My name is Lawrence. I am a JMU admin, one of two on the page, um, the other being Wyatt Cook, who actually founded the page. I live in Virginia. I uh, grew up a huge JMU fan. Uh, both my parents went there, and so, you know, I, I bleed purple. That's awesome. Um, so, yeah, these are kind of you guys' uh, your FCS experts. If you have any questions, um, you can find them on the FCS Nations fan page. I'm sure they'll be happy to help you guys with any of that. And then uh, we'll kind of share all their other ways to get in touch with them here at the end. But uh, let's let's get into it. Um, so what a lot of you guys might not know. Uh, so we're joining the FCS conference, which is still considered Division One. Uh, there's 130 teams. There's nine conferences. We'll be joining the Big Sky, so we'll be playing Kyler's Eagles. Woo! Uh, Matthew, Matthew's uh, North Dakota State Bison, that's with a Z, not an S as I understand, <laughs> are pretty much the world world champs. They've won, what, six, six out of the last seven? We have Something won like six that. of the last seven championships. Yes, sir. And then, and then if my history is correct, Eastern Washington was the last team to win one before you went on your run. And then Lawrence's um, University of James Madison or James Madison University snuck in there and beat Youngstown State two years ago and then was in the championship against the Bison last season. Yep. So, yep. And important to note that uh, the year we won the national championship two years ago, we, uh, we did beat NDSU in Fargo. And, so, yeah. and, you know, seven which is a hard ago, thing to do years ago, we beat North Dakota state and Cheney. We're the only two teams who have beaten North Dakota state in the playoffs. So take <laughs> that Matt. And the best thing to remember <laughs> is that everybody bases their success of what they do against NDSU. So let's go. <laughs> yeah. That's uh that's what I'm picking up right there. I guess we'll have to, we'll have to throw you guys on our schedule and really find out where we belong in this whole picture. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's kind of where we're at. Uh, that's a, a very brief breakdown of the FCS um, for how I understand it. The, the Big Sky, the Colonial Athletic Conference, 
um, and the Missouri Valley are kind of the top three conferences, right? Or is there anyone else that we should be aware of? Or I, I know there's obviously good teams everywhere, but from what I've understood, those are kind of the, the three, you know, if you looked at your, your SEC, your ACC, um, you know, Big Ten, if you, you're putting in FBS terms. Yeah, so I would yeah, say you hit the nail them on the head power there. three. Um, yeah. Now there's a couple other conferences, like the Southern, sometimes they have really good years um, where they'll actually put multiple teams in as well. The Southland has a couple of really good teams as well. But, yeah, we consider those three conferences as the power three, where in FBS, you know, you have the power fives. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Yeah, and that's kind of what I think I knew, and I would assume a, a good amount of college sports fans probably know. But uh, that's why we're doing this is because um, the Vandals, uh, there's some fans that probably aren't as familiar with the FCS since we haven't been in it since – 1996 and so just kind of getting a you know the landscape has completely changed since we were last in it so giving a little nice little update on what we've missed the last 20 or so years so uh i got a couple questions for you guys um like i said i kind of was wondering if you guys could give us a, a brief you know history of maybe the last decade or so of the fcs and kind of you know who the big players have become um and everything like that well the the last decade of the FCS is basically North Dakota State. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, like we said, six out of the last seven. And then Eastern got one in 2010. And then who, before that, what was it? App State was kind of running things? or You had, um, if you're looking at the decade, you had the, the CAA came in there with um, Villanova and Richmond, correct? 2008, 2009. Uh-huh. Um, so the power three has really, or at least in the culture of the FCS right now, the current power three, the big sky, Missouri Valley and the, um, the CAA have really ran things the last decade. But prior to that, yeah, you're looking at generational teams like App State, uh, Georgia Southern, uh, Montana, late 90s, early 2000s. Um, some of those teams now have gone up to the FBS level, but within the last decade, mm-hmm. at least in terms of national championship winners, it's been that power three. Yeah, I mean, and that kind of brings up a, another question I kind of had for you guys and the fact that obviously like we it can't be um, overstated that North Dakota State's been on quite the run in the last decade. And I guess I'm wondering, you, you mentioned App State, you mentioned Georgia Southern. Obviously, Idaho has spending the last four years in the Sun Belt. We're familiar generally with those two teams. Obviously, most people are aware of Appalachian State because uh, the, the Michigan game back in 2006. But, you know, we've had the, the I guess, unfortunate pleasure of playing them three out of the last four years and not facing or you know faring very well but how much of North Dakota's you know state success do you think and I think I heard somebody else talk about this and it might have actually been on your guys's podcast which uh, for all you out there listening you should check out their podcast just FCS fans nation but you guys I think brought up the fact of how much do you think North Dakota state's success might have been because schools like App State, Georgia Southern, um, you know, the Texas States and just not necessarily Texas State, but just how many schools have transitioned to the FBS? Has it like diluted the FCS a little bit or have enough big players come in to kind of refill those shoes that were left behind by those kinds of schools? I think you've always had teams that have stepped up into the position to be successful. Um, Through NDSU's run, people forget that uh, we actually defeated Georgia Southern in 2011 and 2012 in the semifinals. So early Mm -hmm. on in the streak, they actually were there. Um, In addition, uh, an up-and-coming real 
strength in the FCS was uh, Coastal Carolina. Now, they left mm-hmm. after 2014 to head to the FBS, but that was another great team. Um, just because we beat Sam Houston twice uh, in the national championship, you can't downplay their playoff success, which has been massive during this time. Uh, Eastern is a staple of betting to at least be semifinal or not a national championship contender. James Madison, Lawrence, when was the last time you guys had a losing season or how since 2000? Has it been like one? Uh, like 2000 and three maybe it's it's been there's there's been quite a few big time players now people will remember app state and you you've got to remember georgia southern because they had multiple championships big power runs um and north dakota state eventually when this big streak ends will also be remembered for a big run but i think there's always going to be six to seven teams that are going to keep the fcs really strong and at a national level which then brings up, you know, a point for a lot of us, and I think Kyler will be the best person to probably ask on that. But obviously, I'd love to hear uh, your all your guys' opinion on this. But uh, as Vandal fans are going to want to know, you know, when we left the Big Sky, our our rival, main rival from the Big Sky, has has kind of uh, not they're not quite where we left them. Montana seems to I remember them always growing up being a, one of those powers. I've noticed they haven't been mentioned necessarily in the in the terms that Vandal fans might be used to them as one of the traditional powers in the FCS level, and I'm I'm just kind of wondering what what has happened with them. Obviously, you know, uh, how leaving the first time to go to UNLV and everything like that. But I mean, I feel like with Bob Stitt and everything, they still had some decent years. So I'm wondering if you guys have any uh, hints or ideas on. Uh, kind of what what happened to Montana and why someone we used to think was, you know, so great isn't necessarily where we left them. Right. So the thing about Montana is they didn't really go away. Um, they've taken a little bit of a step backwards, but I think that's actually because the strength of the big sky has gotten a lot better than when they were running things. So, I mean, in the 2000s, they were the dominant face. No one really in the big sky was matching up to them. Um, now you have Eastern that's taken over. But yeah, Montana, I mean, their bad years are still seven and four, six and five. They're still – so those are their bad years, and it doesn't happen often. So I don't think they've gone away. They've had a couple shaky years, and a lot of it has to do with, um, you know, they got some – they got their hands slapped a little bit for um, doing some naughty things over in Missoula, and I think that's mm-hmm. some scholarships. But Montana will be back up there. They're still a powerhouse. No one takes them lightly, especially if you're going to Missoula. Um, that's one of those stadiums with that yeah. atmosphere where they can beat anyone in the nation. I mean, in 2015, um, North Dakota State came in there. They're the heavy favorites. Montana, you know, whooped them. Well, yep. whooped, but they beat them. So Montana is not going anywhere. They've just taken a little bit of a little step backwards. But I, I do think it's because the strength of the FCS has actually gotten a lot stronger in the last 10, 15 years than when Montana was the top dog. Yeah, I, I think Montana's a good comparison personally is Nebraska. I think it was this, you know, uh, Ooh, in the like 90s, that. early 2000s, you had this just dominant program, um, the face of a state, you know, the thing that was almost unbeatable. Uh, FCS capacity, 26,000, um, you know, Cornhuskers is like 90,000 or something. Just a very good comparison. Mm-hmm. And just recently, it just they just haven't been able to attract enough to to compete right now for national titles. But Kyler's 100% right. Similar to James Madison, 
um, a bad year is like still seven wins. Um, so they're always going to round. Yeah. I think you should never sleep on the Grizz. And us North Dakota State fans, we learned our lesson hard. They, yep, they beat us in Missoula, and they, they earned that one for sure. Yeah, I, I remember watching that game. That's what, week week zero a couple of years ago. In in the smoke, they had uh, yeah. you know, the whole game day – or not the game day, but uh, what's the, the, N- the guy the F- called? Or the NCAA kickoff game. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. And that was uh, that was a good game. I remember watching that that whole thing, and you know that was around the time where it, it was looking like Idaho was probably going to go to the FCS. So I kept a, a good eye on that, and I've, I've always kept a, a you know an eye on Montana, um, and then obviously North Dakota State, kind of as a school that just kind of got got thrusted into your life. I remember after they won three straight, just about everybody knew who North Dakota State was. Then you know you had College Game Day being hosted there in Fargo, and um, so they've become very well known, and then I feel like James Madison's kind of gotten to that point too, where, um, you know, they they've become kind of that that continual contender, um, always up there. And I, I guess I'm just wondering for you guys, you say that the the FCS has grown deeper, and you have a lot more competition than you used to have. I guess that kind of asks me in the fact of as us being the first school to move down to the FCS from the FBS and watching so many FCS schools move up. I, I've kind of noticed that like schools like Montana, uh, James Madison, Eastern Washington aren't usually in the conversations to be schools that are moving up. I know North Dakota State's had some like flirtation with it, it sounds like. But I guess from your guys' point of view, is there a reason why the schools like North Dakota, Montana, JMU, Eastern, you know, you, Sam Houston State, all the big players aren't really moving up and why the, that top, you know, cream of the crop are kind of staying but some might argue is, you know, big fish in the little pond. So I, I can I can start off if you don't mind. I know for a fact yeah. JMU will eventually be FBS, but I'll let Lawrence talk on yeah. that. So I know you mentioned, you know, Eastern and Montana. For one, Eastern's one of the poorest schools in the FCS. Um, that's just yeah. the reality of it. Yes, we have a good team. Our facilities don't match up to any FBS school. Um, our funding isn't there. So we're just a pretty poor team. We're almost like a, you know, a rich D2 school in the FCS league. Um, We just got lucky and have a great football team. Now, Montana, I mean, if you look at, like, you know, their region, the only two conferences that are close by are the Pac-12 and Mountain West. Montana doesn't compete with any Pac-12 facility. Their average attendance, you know, is half of what the average attendance for a Pac-12 is. So that makes it really tough. Um, With the Mountain West, they can compete a little bit. Um, The average – you know, fan base for the Mountain West game is 25,000. Montana's was 23 on a down year. But they would still have probably the smallest stadium. Um, I think Utah State's is a little bigger, and they're the next closest. But, you know, half the Mountain West teams, they have stadiums that are almost 30K bigger than Montana's. So when you're looking yeah. at, you know, facilities and, and region, um, that that's really the main thing that's keeping Montana down. If the WAC was still around, I think Idaho, Montana, they would all still be FBS. You know, they would be prime candidates, you know, to be in the WAC. But those upper conferences, at least on the West Coast, um, we really mm. don't have an FCS team that has the funds to compete at that level. Yeah, and obviously that's what I think a lot of a lot of Vandal fans are starting to realize too is is when we when we take the step back and we kind of you know swallow our pride a little bit and you take a look around and you realize that we're we're amongst more peers now in the fact that you know when we we have a sixteen thousand seat dome which is almost unheard of in, you know, the FBS. But then if you, you take your look around at the FCS, you know, we, we have similar facilities to more schools than we did at the at the FBS level. And 
with better, you know, better facilities than some where at, you know, the FBS level, we felt like, you know, we were kind of like you were talking about with Eastern. We were very bottom of the barrel and it makes it very hard to compete. Luckily, Eastern's had a lot of success, a lot of good coaches and Idaho just hadn't, hadn't had that. And so I think a lot of people are, like you said, looking around and seeing Montana and even Montana State for that and going, you know, what they have isn't that bad. And obviously what North Dakota State has going is fantastic. Yeah. And, um, on NDSU's thing, I'll make it quick. Uh, the reality of the situation for NDSU is uh, there has been no invite. Unless there's something that's been insanely hushed and they have not, you know, they've kept it quiet, there's been no invite mm-hmm. to an FBS conference. Um, and my main thought process behind it, and I think a lot of people are starting to think this way, is uh, we all know the FBS is controlled by one thing, and that's television markets. It's the reason yeah. Rutgers is in the Big Ten and Boise State remains in a non-Power Five. Now with NDSU, we're three hours away from Minneapolis-St. Paul, and with the Gophers being there, I don't know if there's any benefits in terms of travel because we're not in a great mm-hmm. spot for Mass Mountain West. We'd be on the outskirts of either of them. And additionally, uh, a Power 5 is just never going to give you that invite because it's just not even remotely realistic. So yeah, 2023, when television deals with CBS, NBC, and them all get redone, um, I wouldn't even imagine NDSU receiving a call. So for now, they're just going to enjoy the success. And a lot of people forget NDSU is still relatively new to this. Uh, 2004 was our first season in the FCS. So, um, But I'd like to hear Lawrence talk about this, too, because uh, James Madison is the real story when it comes to this situation. Yeah, they could be going the, the opposite way of, of Idaho. Yeah, so the thing about JMU, is, um, Matt said NDSU, their biggest thing is that they haven't received an invite. JMU actually did receive an invite from the Sun Belt. Um, a number of years ago, and turned them down. Smart. JMU is really just, <laughs> <laughs> just really for the right situation to come along. Um, this kind of, this is going to sound kind of kind of harsh, uh, and, and I don't mean it that way. That our administration does not want us to turn out like Idaho did. Yeah. If we're going to go FBS, we don't want to come back. Um, so they're really taking their time um, looking at things just making sure they get us into the right situation. I've heard from a majority of JMU fans that anything less than the American athletic conference, um, you know, we, we don't want to accept. Yeah. Because we have probably upper, upper 40% of the, the FBS. We match them with uh, that. That's right where we come in with our athletic funding. Mm-hmm. So JMU's in a, in a great position. If we do get that call, we could step in and, in pretty short order, feel like we could be successful. Uh, just it's just waiting for that opportunity, and enjoying our time. You know, like you said, being one of the big fish in a little pond right now. Yeah, James I, I Madison is building an eighty million dollar basketball arena, and they have a crappy basketball team. That's <laughs> how much money that school has? Yeah. Well, you know, sometimes it just takes a little investment, right? And you get yep. that fancy new facility, and the next thing you know, they'll be in the NCAA, taking down Duke or something in the first or second round. <laughs> and and Eastern can't even get you know thirty million for a new football stadium. So yeah. <laughs> so it's all well, about funding. That's why teams aren't making the jump. There's yeah. very few teams that actually have the funding to make the jump. And I mean, James Madison's one of them. Um, UC Davis is actually another one. They mm-hmm. have a 15,000 seat stadium. Um, they already got an approval once they start filling it up to expand that to 30 million or 30,000 um, seats. So they yeah. have a lot of money. It's just they don't have 
I think the support right now on their football team, since, you know, they're even fairly new to the big sky. Um, yeah. But there's, there's very limited teams that have the funding to jump FBS. I think yeah. I'll, I think I'll, I'll wrap it all up by saying this and in support of the Vandal fans who may be hesitant, um, you're going to find that making a jump sounds great, but you're going to see that there's a lot of people in the FCS and there's a lot of fans that are excited to stay FCS because this playoff system is phenomenal. 20 yeah. teams, um, you've got auto bids for 10 of the conferences, and it's just absolutely phenomenal for a 2014 playoff. Eight teams get first-round buys, and it's just really fun to compete for something. Bowl games are great, and I would love them too if NDSU was up there. But this playoff system all the way through December into Frisco is a blast. If, if you're a Vandal fan, um, get ready for some enjoyment. Invest some time. You're going to love it. Yeah, I, I think I think we are. Like I said, I think a lot of people are starting to turn that page and, you know, kind of went through the, the stages of grief when it's gotten to acceptance. And hopefully with the season rolling around, we're getting, we're getting pretty excited. But uh brings up a, a good point. We, we kind of touched on it here. I'm just kind of curious on, you know, obviously Kyler has a, a little bit closer to home, you know, point of view on this. But I'm curious to hear from you guys, too, you know, just kind of your your perspective um, or the FCS's general perspective of, of Idaho from, you know, maybe the last five years when we've kind of looked like we might have figured some things out. And then, you know, just in general, our, our, what people know and expect of us. Yeah, so um, personally, uh, I'm, I'm really excited that Idaho is coming back. A lot of people have been, you know, dogging on Idaho because of their record. I actually think they're better than their record is stated. I know traveling is tough. So when you're mm-hmm. traveling to the Sun Belt, those those schools every single week, um, man, that puts a toll on, you know, your players' bodies, and it, it doesn't help with recruiting. So, um, for one, I'm excited Idaho's coming back. And for an Eastern fan, now we have the closest FCS to, school to us by, you know, another two hours is where yeah. the Zoom is from where you guys are. So, I'm excited. But, um, yeah, Idaho, like I said, I think they're better than the records shown. Um you know, they have been mediocre in the FBS um, with a record. They went, you know, 19 and 14 under Paul Petrino. Um, but they've gone three and one worse versus the FCS in that time. You've actually mm-hmm. beat, you know, some decent teams, not some top tier, but you've beat decent teams in Sac State, Montana State, um, Wofford. And then, you know, your only losses to a top ranked Eastern Washington team. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I'm honestly, I'm super excited to have Idaho back. I think you guys fit better since the West. Um, you know, it was eliminated. If the WAC was still around, you guys would still be FBS. Um, but you guys will realize you fit better in the FCS market. Um, and you guys will be an instant contender for, you know, a big sky title. I don't think you, you know, next year you guys will be contending for the FCS title just because mm-hmm. it's FCS. Um, we have some really good teams in the FCS. Um, so I know it's down a conference, but um, there's some talented teams, but yeah, I mean, Idaho is instantly going to have more success um, and it, it's going to be exciting for your fans, for the big skies fans. It's it's, I'm pretty excited. We have another big player that's coming into the big sky. Yeah. I 100% think that Idaho is going to be just fine. Um, you're coming down from the FBS, Jesse Basher. He's one of our fans on our page. He's an Idaho Vandal fan. He goes, mm-hmm. We were talking about FBS transfers on the page and he goes, you know, we're the only ones that have everybody, we have a whole team full of FBS transfers, which is the best comment I've read all off season. And, yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know, I, I think Idaho is, you're in a power three conference, which is huge. Um, 
mm-hmm. your strength of schedule is going to be way stronger. So even if you're not winning the Big Sky, um, with a favorable record, you can get in at an at-large bid. Where if you're in a weaker FCS conference, think of it as a non-Power 5, unless you win the conference, you might have no shot, even with a second, third-place conference finish. Um, I just think you guys are set up in a good area. Um, I'm not sure how recruiting works with Boise being there, but you may pick up some more product the way NDSU does, where the Minnesota Gophers, you know, don't look at a guy and suddenly he's at on your guys' roster. Mm-hmm. That makes you guys even more successful. So I just think overall Idaho is going to be just fine. But it will be a little bit of a wake-up call for fans to realize that they're not going to come in right away and run the league. Teams like James Madison, NDSU, you know, they're beating ranked FPS squads, you know, and out-of-conference play. And it's there's a lot of talented teams here. So I think they'll compete right away, but it will take a little while before it's national title talk. So, Matt, you mentioned about recruiting. So I just want to say one thing. When you look at, like, Idaho's recruiting the last five years compared to the FCS, here's, here's the best thing on why I think people need to start giving Idaho a little more credit. Because um, we have a lot of fans on our site that think just because you're going 3-8 and eight or, you know, 3-9 and nine or whatever, that you're not a good team and don't have talented players. Um, you were in a much stronger conference, let's be honest. But mm. your recruiting has been a top five, um, on par with the top five FCS schools the last five years. So you've actually hit the number one spot a couple of years. This is all according to 247 Sports. Yeah. Um, but then you've only been as far as, I, I believe, fifth in recruiting. So you have the talent. You do have the top tier FCS talent. I, I really think you guys will enjoy it. It will take, you know, a couple of years before people start realizing that this is a much better fit. Um, but I really think this is the right right move that Idaho can make. Yep, and I, I think that's where a lot of us sit too. And uh, uh, we, we think we're a quarterback away from having you know a really good season. Uh, it, we think a lot of it's going to depend on that. So, um, but yeah, I know a lot of us are excited. And I mean, in our point of view, I think a lot of people are viewing it as as playoffs or bust. Uh, we don't necessarily have to win the Big Sky, but uh, we definitely want to make the playoffs this first year to make it feel you know, worth it and really sell people on the future. But um, it, I, like I said, I, I think we got a good shot and it sounds like, you know, we'll still have to take care of business. We can't take anybody lightly. And I think that's going to be our biggest problem, uh, you know, the beginning of the year, but luckily we'll hope we might probably get a nice wake up call from Fresno state and uh, show up and get ready to battle. But uh, so we're going to get to a, a part of the podcast that uh, I kind of warned you guys about ahead of time and gave you some examples, but I'm going to, to kind of help associate some of these, these new teams and help, some Vandal fans out there kind of put the pieces together on this FCS puzzle. I'm, I'm going to give you guys some FBS schools. And I want you guys to kind of give you or give me, you know, your FCS equivalent. Awesome. Uh, so we're, we're going to start out. This one should be the first two should be pretty easy. I think I set them up. Our first three should be pretty easy. But uh, Alabama, you know, who's the who's the dynasty right now? Matthew Frazier's team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah that's. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, we, we almost don't even need to discuss it. Yeah, NDSU, year in and year out there so far. Um, joined since 2004, had four years of ineligibility. Uh, following that, missed the playoffs only twice. And since then, they've always been in the playoffs and been national title contenders. So, yep, that'd be Alabama. Yeah, And, and you know what? You could even argue that it's better than Alabama because they've had Saban the whole time. You guys have done it with, what, two different head coaches? That's true, Mr. Craig Bull and uh, Chris Kleiman, yes. It, it it helps when you lose a big senior class and then Carson Wentz steps up. I mean, that kind of yeah. helps out. Yeah. Uh, so then the uh, second one here, uh, another layup off the left hand this time. Uh, who's the Clemson? Who's, you know, the upstart that may be coming bigger than, than that first mentioned dynasty team? 
you probably want us to say JMU. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. One, but I have JMU as a completely different See, that's team. why, you know what? That's that's why I'm asking. That's who I had, but uh, you guys are the experts. Who do you have, Lawrence? Yeah, Lawrence, let's hear it. For, for, for JMU Clemson. or for Clemson? For Clemson, yeah. Uh, or give us JMU. Give us JMU. JMU, I have Ohio State. I don't State. mind that. I have Ohio State for JMU as well. I wrote Ooh. it down. Yeah. Can I ha- can I hear why? Yeah, like take last year for example, super strong defense. You know, one of the best defenses in the country for sure, and then an above average offense, uh, kind of just enough to get the job done, but really lean on the defense. I think I think Ohio State is. I think uh, the a good biggest comparison. thing with Ohio State comparison there is um, every year. So GMU is picked. Are they picked to win it for four years straight? That's right. Picked a winner for four years straight, the CAA. Yeah. So Ohio State, every year you hear about Michigan and Michigan State, the way you hear, the way you hear about Villanova and Delaware and all these teams in the CAA. And then, mm-hmm. and then at the end, it's JMU. So I think that's kind of a, a good way to think of it, the way the Big Ten is. Like, maybe Harbaugh gets it done with Michigan, and then Ohio State wins. So Okay. Yeah, nice. I, I like that. Um, so I guess, who do you guys have for, if I had to pick, uh, like I said, some of these I don't think I gave you guys, but that's because I want – a little bit of surprises here, but what about Auburn? Who's kind of like the jealous little brother of you know North Dakota State, but you know, Jacksonville they're... State, absolutely Jacksonville. Jacksonville. State. Okay, Jacksonville. Now they're not in a larger conference; they're in one of the smaller ones. But I mean, they base their years of success on playing North Dakota State in one championship game and getting dominated. Um, <laughs> they wish they had North Dakota State's resume. They're still always highly ranked and high, you know, a high power in the preseason, but they just haven't been getting it done in the off season. Um, Jacksonville State's Auburn—that was the first thing that got into my mind. <laughs> the, the, the year they met us in Frisco, they almost beat Auburn in overtime. So I mean, they're pretty close to them on the field too. So yeah, <laughs> I gotta gotta give them props. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably go with Jacksonville State. Uh, it, it's one of those things where you know, if they if they have a title, they're they're, they're in a different discussion. But uh, yeah, that's a perfect comparison. Yeah. See, that's funny. Both teams are from Alabama, too. <laughs> yeah, so that's true. See, and I, I went South Dakota State because I know they, they got you guys, what, the last two years or two out of the last three? But it sounds like I think everybody liked Jacksonville State. So I think that you guys must have nailed it. South Dakota State, South Dakota State's not a bad team. No, they're the little brother. Though. I, I could see that. Too. Yeah, and, and and they, you know, they can ball. They can ball. <laughs> yeah, that's actually that's actually perfect because Bama, yeah, they do get they get taken down by Auburn in that uh, oh. rivalry game, so. Yeah, the the Iron Bowl. Yeah, I like that. Um, yeah. So then, all right. Here's one. I think I gave you guys this one, but we'll see. Notre Dame. Ooh, Notre Dame. So it's kind I didn't of the have old this, but traditional. Um, it's I can actually it. use probably my my Michigan as the same one, and that's Montana. It's good. Um, traditional okay. powerhouse. They have all the money and the resources, but they really haven't been able to live up to the hype. Um, they got a great stadium, great atmosphere, one of the best FCS fan bases in the country. But yeah, I mean, they're living in the past. Yeah, I'd, I'd say I was saving Montana back for Nebraska. I know I saved it earlier, but Notre Dame's perfect. You could use either of those for them. Um, not really going away. Um, hey, and Nebraska brought back a former guy to coach, and so did Montana. They did. Uh, so then. Yeah, see, I that's who I actually had for that one too. Um, so here's here's kind of an interesting one and a little bit of a curveball. Who's the FCS version of FBS Idaho? So who's who's the team that had you know decent success, 
uh, you know, at the, at the division below, moved up, has struggled, and maybe it's time to, you know, maybe reevaluate Division Two. Oh, I got a good one. Oh, drop Northern it. Colorado. Uh, oh, yeah. They're in the big a new sky. Big Sky opponent. <laughs> they were, they were, you know, a pretty good team in D two. I think they won a title. Um, once they got up to the FCS level, I mean. I remember pulling the numbers last week. I don't have them off the top of my head because I was arguing with a fan on on, um, Facebook. But (laughs) I think they've gone like 14 and 80 versus the big sky since they've, you know, moved into the conference. So Mm -hmm. um, they had a lot of success at the D2 level. Um, But, yeah, once they moved to the FBS, they just haven't – or FCS, they just haven't been able to put it together. Yeah, I like that. All right. How about uh, USC, who's kind of the – maybe considered the rich kid school that, you know, always seems to compete, but uh, maybe can't be more like they used to be able to. So I put Youngstown state on this. Now I don't know about the rich kids school, but this is kind of, um, you know, almost basing it off Montana where they used to be a huge powerhouse in the big day or back in the day. Um, they always have consistent hype behind them. And then every now and then they show some flashes of greatness. Like just a couple of years ago, they were in the title game. Um, when you know no one really thought they were going to make it that far so they show flashes of greatness where they on some days they can compete with the best of the best but uh, mm-hmm. they're still living those kind of old glory days where they won three titles or something like that back in the 90s uh, yeah with trestle yeah yeah exactly <laughs> now he's there, he's there is yeah he's there yep, yep. yeah he's back. yeah he's back uh how do, how do you feel about uh william and mary for this oh one? i you guys are good man i i blanked on this one I want to hear more about. So, the thing about William and Mary is they, you know, they've never completely put it together and won a national title, but they have been historically a strong team. You know, they they've been number one in the country multiple times. Uh, you know, they it, it was what three years ago they won the CAA, kind of kind of a, you know, a, a more prestigious mm. school, a kind of a rich kid school. Um, Even, yeah. Even like Delaware for, for that one. Yeah. They yeah. got a lot of money. Sure. They've actually competed for a couple titles, and now they're kind of back where they're just trying to, you know, get into the playoffs. Okay. And then there might be some carryover on this one because I, I realize, you know, they're not they're not too dissimilar, but uh, they're 2005 companion in the national championship game. What about who's the University of Texas in the FCS? Ooh, that's a good one too. The University of Texas. To think they run everything. <laughs> Man, that's a good one. I mean, Montana's all these. <laughs> um, I don't have any off the top of my head. I mean, I think literally Montana's probably the closest even to that. Um, yeah. Back in 2009, they were playing for a title, um, and they still think every single year that this is their year that they're going to win it all. I don't know. Hear me out on this one. How do we feel about Sam Houston? Ooh. I put them as Boise. <laughs> yeah i have them down as as uh actually i have them as oregon but it kind of you know it kind of makes sense for texas too they had uh you know a couple years where they were there playing for the title and you know they're always kind of creeping around mm-hmm. but you know, haven't haven't completely summoned them out. i think okay I like, uni- I like university that. of northern iowa in the missouri valley or new hampshire the caa those are both good, actually. Okay. Yeah, both teams. Um, I know Texas has national titles. They don't. We're not basing it off that. Uh, those are teams that are models of consistency. Uh, they'll sneak into the playoffs. Um, 
well, I shouldn't say that about New Hampshire. They've been there 15, 15 years in a row. But you and I will sneak into the playoffs with a 7-6 and six record because they'll beat big teams, but they'll lose to teams they shouldn't. And I know Texas has been that of late. So those are kind of two uh, middle-of-the-pack Missouri Valley uh, CAA teams that you could compare to Texas, I think. Okay, I like that. And then, uh, yeah, so originally the Boise State one was a joke. I have it pinned as, you know, all around the, the worst team in the FCS because, you know, if you're Vandal fans, we've got to take our shots at Boise State even when we're down. So I had it as the worst team in the FCS. Who are – so we'll take it from your guys' perspectives. I've got, well, you know, NDSU or however you guys want to do it. I've Who's the to, worst team in your opinion? I've got to throw it out here because NDSU played two of them last year. Um, that would be uh, – <laughs> I think out of the two between Robert Morris and Mississippi Valley State, it has to be Jerry Rice's Devils, uh, Mississippi Valley State. Yeah. <laughs> they are – by far one of the worst teams in the league. I don't, I don't know when the last time they won a game was, and um, I don't know a lot about them, but I know when we went and played them there, their band played while their offense was on the field. And it's just, uh, they're just a complete disaster down there. We beat them 72 to six or something in the dome. We pulled, oh, the, no. we pulled the starters <laughs> in the second quarter. If you're looking for the team that everyone just rags on, you know, they're kind of the butt of the jokes, Sam Houston. That's there why I go. think that's a good Boise <laughs> comparison. So they're both from a smaller non-power conference, um, but they're consistently competing with the top programs. But no matter what on our page, you will see whenever Sam Houston's mentioned, you'll see about 40 different comments right under it that says overrated. So, <laughs> so they're, they're, they're the butt of the joke if, you know, Boise State's the butt of the joke for Idaho. Um, and then, yeah, I, I got a bonus question actually here for you guys too um, that I thought would be kind of fun and throw you on there. Who is the North Dakota State of Division Two? So who's the you know the D two team that arguably could probably move up to the FCS right now? But a lot of FCS teams are like you know kind of lose lose situation if they schedule. If they beat them, they just beat a D two school. But you know there's a good shot they might lose to them. So why even put oh, them on Chris, the schedule? Oh, uh, Chris, Kyler's got this one. Um, well, I wouldn't call them you know the North Dakota State, but um, Central Washington's actually. You know, one of them that's up there for, for D2. Last year, they went 11-0. and 0. Um, They had, like, four shutouts where they were scoring 40, 50, 60 points a game. Um, they played in the title game but ended up losing to who I think is probably more in line with North Dakota State, and that's – I think it was Texas A&M Commerce. Um, they've mm-hmm. been kind of the, the D2 power where Central Washington's been more in that top top five, top ten um, for the last decade. But – but yeah, I mean, those are for Eastern. It's Central Washington. We actually scheduled them this year. Um, they're probably stronger than half the Big Sky, um, but it's a game since it's D two. We have to just bully them and you know hope for the best. Didn't uh, Wisconsin Whitewater win like five? Oh yeah, they were championships in D two. Was that D two or D three? Uh, I think I think that's D three. Mm, I can Google it. Uh, yeah, you're Northwest right. Missouri State is currently the kind of powerhouse in the Division two level. Uh, they won it in 2009. I'm looking at stats here. Uh, 2013, 2015, 2016. They seem to be the model consistency right now. So that might be a team you could throw out there. Definitely. There, there's a few of them that can make the jump and make some of these uh, weaker conferences in the FCS better. So, yeah, we're going to go to the, the part of the podcast where uh, we ask people to, you know, hashtag AskTATC. Um, you know, to ask some questions to you guys. And I'm not going to lie, the first one's a guilty pleasure. It was it was one of my Twitter accounts uh, trying to pave the way, and it worked, but it will start with it. I would like to know, <laughs> uh, 
how does the playoff system work? I know there's there's seeded teams, and then there's at-large bids. And I know just because you're ranked doesn't necessarily mean you're going to make the playoffs. So if you guys could kind of just elaborate a bit more on on the playoff system, hopefully we get to uh, be a part of this offseason. Or so, Matt, you were talking about it earlier. I don't know if you just want to, you know, go back to what you were saying. Yeah, as long as I'm right. We got 10 auto bids right now, right? Does the Pioneer make it 11 or it's 10? It's 10, yeah. 10 of the 13 conferences, if you win your uh, conference, you're going to be in the playoffs. Uh, there's three of those that are not auto bids, but the 10 that. Mm-hmm. Uh, 24 teams will make up the playoff. The top eight teams are seeded. So that means they're seeded one through eight based off their strength of schedule and their record. So those eight teams will get a bye over the Thanksgiving weekend. The rest of the field is not seeded based off record or strength of schedule. It's all geographically seeded. So that means that a team that like Eastern Washington will commonly match somebody on the western side of the nation because of travel costs. So like Idaho, correct? <laughs> because of travel costs and things of that nature, um, you're not seeding one through twenty-four and making teams go cross country until they're hitting the quarterfinals, semifinals, second round, things of that nature. So one through eight gets seeded. The rest of the field is picked geographically. Athletic directors that represent the conferences. Um, all come together and make these decisions and they look at strength of schedule and things of that nature to make the determinations. There are also rules within the conferences in terms of, I, I, I'll let Kyler or Lawrence take this one because I'm not hundred percent sure on it in terms of if you've played the team before, you won't see them until round two or something. Is that correct? Yeah, I think, I think that's what it is. If you've played them in your regular season, I don't think it's even, you know, at a conference because the big sky and I'm sure the CA you actually end up playing a lot of your conference opponents in the out of conference, but um, yeah, you can't play the, the team that you've, you know, played earlier if there's another team. So like if let's say Eastern Idaho and Montana make the playoffs and none of us are seated, but we're all geographically Eastern doesn't play Montana this year. They would pin us together. Um, and then, you know, the winner oh, okay. would get whoever wins against Idaho and some other, someone else. So in, in theory, then, there's there's no way to have an all-Big Sky, all-Missouri Valley, all-Colonial champion. No, there is. The, the, yep. So There is. Okay. So the good thing with a lot of our big conferences, and this is a new rule because they used to be very geographically centered, but I think it was just a couple years ago they adopted a rule where if, if your conference sends more than two teams in, then the other, so the third or fourth team or whatever, they actually have to go on the opposite side of the playoffs. Um, it's a new rule. I think it was 2016 oh. when that was um, – um, put in but I mean just the last couple of years we've had North Dakota State and um, Illinois State they played in a championship and they're both Missouri Valley so it's possible and it almost happened yeah. last year too see I, I learned a lot because you know I've watched them on ESPN ESPN 3 and all that and uh, it was always something that I've been curious about I'm glad I finally have yes. um, one one more thing yeah one thing you have to be careful about it's tw- a 2014 playoff field that does not mean that the top 24 teams in the country are going to make not it in the playoffs. Just a cautionary tale. In 2012, JMU finished 7-4 and four and was ranked number 19 in the country and did not. Yeah, Eastern was 17 last year, and we did not make it due to the fact where some other conferences like um, the Pioneer and Patriot, I mean, their, their champion was, what, 5-6 and six on the year? So they got a playoff bid. So then that brings up a quick question before I guess then we'll probably have to move on from this point. So for Idaho fans, for example, we have the unfortunate um, 
privilege of getting to play at Fresno State, who's getting red hot and uh, going to probably go get murdered by the University of Florida in Gainesville. So that sets us up with two losses. What is do those affect your you know your your playoff chance because that that will affect it right? It's not just based on only your so FBS record. Our, it's our yes and no. Probably two losses. Um, like if okay. you're losing to an FBS, this is at least how you know I've at least heard it. If you lose an FBS team, it's really only considered like a .75 loss, so not a full loss. Now, if you okay. win, that's considered like a 1.25 or 1.75 win. So it almost counts as, you know, two wins. Now, here's the thing. So it, if you're not winning those games and the rest of your strength of schedule, luckily you're Idaho, you're in the big sky. You don't have to worry about that. But like Austin P last year, mm. they scheduled three FBS teams for some stupid reason, and they lost all three. But then they went on and won eight games against the FCS. But since they were in a lower conference and their strength of schedule was – not the best because they didn't play a lot of strong FCS teams. They actually didn't go to the playoffs. Um, and they, I mean, they only had one FCS loss and it was to a playoff team. So it's, it's yes and no. You probably don't want to schedule multiple FBS teams, um, at least power fives, but it doesn't hurt you as much as you think. Yep. Babe, that's exactly what Kyler said. You have the advantage of being in the a power three. You're going to see lots of ranked top 25 FCS teams on your schedule to bolster that strength of schedule. So two might be pretty brutal, um, but if you only have one FBS loss, you're far from done. 2016 James Madison, their only loss was North Carolina, and they lost big, didn't affect them at all in the long term. They were a top four seed in the playoffs. Perfect. Yeah, and then uh, so we'll move on to our, our second and last question. Um, so Martin Heimstra asks, hashtag AskTATC, is the Kibbe Dome now the best dome in the FCS? I'm pretty sure Matthew will have a uh, – <laughs> a kind word or two about that. But then uh, with that, I would like to elaborate when we're done. I, from what I looked at, there are six domes with the Kibbe Dome being added. That brings seven. I guess if you guys can say maybe what the worst, best domes are, maybe if you know all seven, rank them. So we can just go ahead and make you guys happy somewhat and say we'll start at the bottom. Um, the Holt Arena, Idaho State. Yeah, the mini the, the mini dome is definitely, I, w- I would have guessed, 100%. the worst. It's the worst. Uh, I, <laughs> <laughs> they built it back i don't know if you guys have ever been to the kibbe dome but it's the same design except they flipped the field like they perpendicular did it uh so the way our field runs is like along the height of the roof where theirs goes like around up the curve it makes it, it makes no sense so it's ugly. like <laughs> their architect was drunk when they did it or i don't know like looked at the pictures upside down of the kibbe dome but yeah it's uh it's uh, the state of Idaho thinks it's a disaster. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I have uh, I have the Kibbe Dome as the fifth best. Ooh, okay, that's not very good. <laughs> I've got uh, I've got all three of the Dakota State domes, the Fargo Dome, the Alaris Center, and the Dakota Dome above them, okay. as well as uh, uh, UNI's Unidome. I think it's right on par with uh, USD and UNI. So I. I don't think anybody can compete with um, NDSU's and uh, UOD's dome in terms of how nice they are. Um, they were built to withstand the elements, but more importantly, they were built by the cities to bring in events and entertainment. So the, the value put into it is more than just football. So that's kind of an unfair advantage in terms of the funding behind them. But I don't mm-hmm. think that UNI's and USD especially has a significant advantage over um, Idaho. So I'd put you guys right behind NDSU and uh, UND, and that's not a Dakota bias. It's just 
uh, you, you can YouTube the intro videos. It, it's the atmosphere, how nice they are is, is pretty insane. So um, I've actually been to three of these domes, um, all big sky ones. Um, if you're looking at, you know, terms of capacity, if that's how you're judging nice, Idaho, you know, your Kibbe Dome's at number three. You're behind the Fargo Dome, which is an amazing dome. Um, then you're behind you and I. Now, if you're just looking at like overall terms, you know, nice, I, I would agree with Matt. You're anywhere between four and, you know, five. Um, the walk-up dome is actually not bad, but it's just too small. So if it was bigger, I would actually end up putting them above the Kibbe Dome. Um, but they have some weird seatings in one section where you can't even see half the field. And then it's just a little small, but there's, there's a couple of really nice domes, um, in the FCS. It's kind of surprising. Yeah. I think there's actually what, because now that, uh, I'm trying to think now, now that Idaho is gone, I believe Syracuse is the only FBS team with a dome. Oh, wow. So the FCS is kind of home of the dome. It's pretty much. Yeah. (laughs) Well, re- real football is played indoors, yeah. so. <laughs> yeah, right, especially up north, like North Dakota, Idaho, Montana. Oh, wait, they built an outdoor oh, stadium. Montana fans and <laughs> no. James Madison fans, they love to give us that real football is outdoors. It's it's fun bashing on the page. I love it. Yeah, yeah, and if a couple of Idaho fans have their way, we'll, we'll blow the roof yes. off that stadium and then helicopter it to Coeur d'Alene. <laughs> Apparently that's a prevailing theory around the fans all of a sudden. Uh, but yeah, that's, uh, glad to hear, uh, you know, kind of where you guys see the dome. Obviously we're not too fond of it right now. It needs a lot of TLC, but hopefully with some wins, we can get some donor money in there. I was going to cover, you know, why Idaho doesn't seem to be getting more looks at the national title picture, but I feel like we covered that unless you guys have any additional points you kind of want to bring up real quick. Um, so, I mean, mainly because of, you know, the record. The record in the Sun Belt in on most analytical sites, the Sun Belt is, you know, ranked below the Missouri Valley in most of analytical sites mm-hmm. the last five years, and it's on pace and on par with the CAA and just slightly above the big sky. So when you see your performance, you know, in the Sun Belt in on all the analytical sites, it's it's not that much higher um, than the conference you're going in. Um, that causes for a little bit of concern, but um, I don't. I don't know. You guys are going to be just fine. I don't think it will be a title team next year um, after doing some more research on Idaho, but you'll definitely be contending, you know, one of the top four teams in the big sky, I think. Uh, then I got a quick question on this then just to bring it up. So what, let's say we moved, uh, we moved to the FCS a year early, right? Like last season we, we were in the FCS. We're coming off, you know, that big blowout win against Colorado state. Do you think the perception's a little different? Yeah, um, you would definitely – so coming off, what, 2016, you had that 9-4 and four year? So, yep. yeah, I mean, coming yeah. into this season, you'd be heavily favored to at least be a semi-contending team or, you know, a title-contending team. Um, in 2016, you were still ranked below four FCS schools. That's North Dakota State, James Madison, <laughs> Youngstown, and Eastern. So um, Yeah, they're pretty good. So, <laughs> I mean, there's still a lot of teams that – um, you know, could give Idaho trouble, but the perception would be a little bit different if you were coming from a nine and four year over an eight and eight or four and eight. I guess uh, I'm going to open the floor up to you guys to a, a section on the podcast we're going to call Getting Iced. I'd like to ask if you guys have any questions for me. It can be Vandal related or not. Just any questions you guys might have. Hit me with Let's it. do it. What do you think Idaho's record is going to be their first year back? Seven and four. Okay. Who Now, which teams do you think um, you'll lose to? Which big sky teams? 
if any. Uh, big Sky teams. I know. I think we're gonna lose to Eastern. Uh, playing on the you know on on the Inferno, I think it's gonna be a little bit difficult. I think by the time we reach you guys, we'll be coming in pretty hot. That maybe we we you know we kind of overlook the game, and I think we'll do the typical Idaho thing, and we'll probably lose to a team we shouldn't. So, um, but I think we beat Montana. I think we beat Montana State, and then we lose to Fres- uh, Fresno and Florida. Okay, I like it. Um, I got a question for you, Chris. We do yep. every team on the FCS Fans Nation. We've done every team this offseason. We're working our way through every single one of them. You guys were actually one of our first as the big, team two, actually, of the Big Sky that we posted about. And we do fun facts for every team. And you guys be the only institute with the mascot of the Vandal. Um, and the reason you guys is to vandalize your opponents on the field. Does that still does that still exist? Do you still have a culture of where you guys are are proud of that kind of legacy or heritage? Do, do modern day students. Know about uh, that? So uh, it actually formed from our, from our basketball team. So more more so on the court, um, but obviously you know back in the day, um, I guess another fun fact that would kind of rely into you know that fun fact of the mascot was. The, the original founding members of the Pac-12 actually consisted of us and uh, Montana. And then when USC got into a little bit of trouble, the old Pacific Coast you know, Conference dissolved. And then it kind of just exactly reformed. Um, and then uh, Idaho and Montana were the only two schools to actually decline the invitation. So, you know, back in the day when that, that nickname came around, we definitely – felt like we were a big boy and we were able to use the term. I would say now most people on campus might not even be totally aware of how we got the nickname. So no, <laughs> long answer to no. Still cool. I'll throw one more at you, Chris, just based off of our page. Um, you, you got two rivalries according to what we did on our research. You guys may have more, but the Idaho state Bengals with the battle of the domes and the Montana Grizzlies with the little Brown Stein game. Is that right? Stein. That, that is correct, and it, it's actually housed in Missoula right now. We we plan on having them drive it over for us to stay in the <laughs> Ah, there you go. So is it <laughs> is it is it more prideful? I know Idaho State, even though they won like one of the early FCS national titles. Which one's more prideful to to win out of those two? Uh, Montana, no no doubt about it. Uh, I can tell you right now, no one at the University of Idaho considers Idaho State a rival. <laughs> it is kind of a it's kind of a forced upon us thing. Yeah. Um, you know, like the Battle of the Domes is some marketing thing they came up with when we returned to the big sky. Uh, but, you know, just in general, a lot of Idaho students are from North Idaho, where the university is, or down in Boise. So growing up, it, it's always been the Boise State Broncos, the Washington State Cougars, and Montana. And, uh, you know, we, we got greedy and we chased Mon, or, uh, Boise State and Nevada out of the big sky back in the day or, you know, chased them into the FBS from the big sky back in the day. And obviously it's worked out for those two. But um, Idaho State's never really been on our radar because it's almost its own little world over in eastern Idaho. It's where, far from you know, it's anything. Right. Yeah, it, it's in Pocatello. It's, it's uh, a lot more similar to Southern Utah and Weber State probably in terms of, of student than Idaho would be. Um, so, yeah, I, I, it, it's one of those things. You just don't really meet a lot of Idaho State people where a lot of the Idaho people are. And I, I know that's weird for it being in 
in the same state, but you know, the state's a lot larger than people think. I mean, it's as wide as Oregon and Washington, but it goes all the way up there, you know, it's all the way up to Canada. So it's a big state and Eastern Idaho is kind of just uh, its own little thing out there. So I got one last question for you. And I don't know if maybe, you know, even Idaho fans are aware of this, but since the big sky is so large, we have 13 teams. Um, mm-hmm. We don't play every team every year. So we do a thing. It's, I mean, the big sky sets it up as a protected rivalry. Yeah. We uh, screwed you guys out of your Montana rivalry. So that is true. Um, so hopefully our, <laughs> you know, ADs get with Montana's and we schedule each other in the OC every other year um, that we don't play in conference. Mm-hmm. But so your protected rivalries are Montana and then Eastern Washington. Yeah. What are your thoughts on, you know, the rivalry that's going to start with Eastern? Cause I know, it's going to be pretty new. Um, you guys are the closest team to us. So as much as, you know, we're huge rivals with Montana, I think um, the Eastern versus Idaho rivalry is actually going to develop pretty well um, and pretty fast. But what's your guys' thoughts on yeah. Eastern just as a whole? So I, I can tell you, I, I agree with you. I'm, I'm very excited for it. Like I said, there's almost no history there, but I can tell you a lot of Vandal fans still remember that game where you guys came into the Dome, what, five, six years ago. And you beat us 20 to three on, I believe it was our home opener or it was, it was some big game. There's a lot of people in town and, you know, we were really excited. We're like, you know, we're playing an FCS school. These are supposed to be our automatic wins. And uh, you guys came in and you, you took it to us. And a lot of people are still a little bitter about that. And then so are the fact that, you know, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. The, the guys eight miles West weren't too fond of you guys either, <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I think uh, it, it pairs in really well with, like you said, our, our rival is Montana. Um, and then, you know, in the big sky and the traditionally it's been Boise state and uh, Washington state. And I think you guys are a great combo of both of those schools. Um, you have the location like Washington state does, but luckily we'll be a little bit more able to compete with you guys than we could Washington state there in the later years. But then you also kind of have a little bit of Boise state esque in you. And the fact that, you know, you're well, within 20 miles of Spokane. So, you, you know, you're, you're, it's own, your own town, but you're very close to a city and you're kind of this upstart, you know, throw it around, really popular, put on points, win a lot of games, became a powerhouse. And, you know, you, you did us a favor and you, you made your field uh, a not color of grass. So <laughs> we're not very fond of, of not green colored fields. So I think you guys are a perfect combo of Washington State and Boise State meshed in the one school, and I think we're going to really enjoy the proximity of that. And then just uh, uh, like our, our star linebacker, Caden Ellis, said when he was asked about it, uh, he was most excited to play this year at uh, <laughs> the stadium over there in Cheney. And he said, you know, I'm 1-0 on the blue, and I plan on keeping it the same way on red. Ah, so. nice. I like that. Yeah, we'll see. Good <laughs> Lawrence, you got Yeah, I got Perfect. One. So you grilled us a little bit earlier, put us on the hot seat. <laughs> so I got to take that back All right, here. fair enough. So for your listeners that don't know, our page does a fan run top 10 poll. And little birdie told me that you might be interested in joining our panel. Oh, gosh. So (laughs) usually usually I ask for a top 10 for (laughs) prospective members. I'm going to ask you just for a top five. Give me your top five ranking FCS games. All right. Um, Oh, boy. All right. So I'm definitely going to go. This is hard. I don't know if I want to put number one. Oh, you want to, Chris? And two, <laughs> I, 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 I actually am going J-Mad, J- JMU on on number what? one. I, 
I I don't like I said I it, my mind is telling me no, but my heart is just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I, Man, he's I, sucking I, up already. <laughs> well, it's really gonna look bad because then obviously I'm going North Dakota State too. I think I mean from what I know and everything, it's it's pretty cut and dry that those are considered the top two teams going into the season. Obviously, you'll see injuries and everything play a part on how teams finish, but um, yeah, I, I put those two at my one and two. And then I'm going to probably put Eastern in at three. I don't know if that's, you know, totally sacrilegious or not. We, but, we had, we had um, folks do the same. Okay. So, yeah, I, I'd say them. And then um, you guys are really putting it on me. I might say I think that Southern Utah might actually be a good, you know, four just because I think they're going to have another good year this year. And they seem to get underrated every single year. And then I, I want to put Idaho too high, but I got to I got to do this, you know, as factual as possible here. Uh, if you want a little, if you want a little bit of information, I, I, Idaho is is probably Idaho not. had uh, what was it twenty one FCS teams that were ranked ahead of them yeah. at the end of last season. I'll I'll go so. I'll go Kennesaw State. I think they're kind of a team that's getting hot right now, and I think it's a team that you know might be able to finish up in a top five finish. Not bad, not bad at all, sir. So I'm somewhat. Kyler Matthew, what do you think? Do we let him? Well, in? you know, I, the only one I think people would question would be Southern Utah, but the I'm gonna give him a little bit of defense because we would have said the same thing about Weber, which I uh, put up a phenomenal fight in Bridgeforth, which I don't even think NDSU wins in Bridgeforth last year. So I'm going to give them that one. I'm going to give them that one. I mean, yeah. I and, did call Weaver. And, yeah, I don't know. I put him, I was the first one to put him in my top 10 in like week three. Just to <laughs> let you know. Ken, and then NDSU, well, you Kennesaw. Oh, yeah. Well, let him in the poll. Let him in. <laughs> yes. All right. Heck yeah. All right. Well, I'd like to thank you guys for coming on. I had a blast talking to you guys. Um, once again, I want to remind everybody to go check out the FCS Nations or FCS Fans Nation Facebook page and Twitter. I believe it's at FCS underscore fans underscore nation, correct? Yes, sir. For Twitter. Perfect. And then, yeah, uh, make sure you go follow Lawrence and Matthew and Kyler. Um, I'll put their, you know, their Twitter information, if, if they allow me, uh, in the description here so you guys can go. Check them out. Follow them. They're very active in the FCS. They're going to be able to tell you who's hot, who's not, you know, games of the week, everything like that. Um, and then also go check out their podcast because, like I said, that's uh, one of the ways I've been learning about the FCS myself. Um, and you guys you guys cover a lot of stuff, and you guys got great chemistry over there. And you can find that on iTunes, Stitcher, and – And Anchor. Is there – and, and 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 on anchor. So yeah, check them out. FCS Fans Nation's podcast. Um, yeah, I would like to thank everybody for tuning in, and thank you guys for showing up. You guys got any closing thoughts? Adam. Just thanks so much for having yeah, us. Yeah, and I just want to add one thing because, like I said, I'm super excited about Idaho, and I want you know some of the rest of the FCS fans to get excited about Idaho. So during actual game days, we have a Snapchat account where people are posting their game day experiences. So it's you know all these FCS teams and fans around the nation. Um, so you can really see what, you know, the FCS is all about. So um, that's at what, Matt, that's at FCS Fans Nation, what, Snapchat? Yep. Yes, sir. Uh, the best route to get all this stuff, whether it's the Snapchat competitions we do, whether it's challenge, which actually you will win real money on through our Facebook page, or the bracket challenge for the playoffs, which we send the winner uh, hats of their choice from whatever team they want. We do all that stuff. Um, 
out of pocket just for fun in a 6,300 member community on the FCS Fans Nation Facebook page. And it's all there based off respect, good discussion. It's not a bunch of people just trash talking. So uh, come on board. It really has blown up and it's been a lot of fun. So you can get all that information through our Facebook page. Yeah, and, and you know, not that I'm a gambler or anything, but I'm, I am in the Pick'em Challenge. So if anybody wants to, Vandal fans, I guess, test their medal against me. I don't know why you would. But if you do, <laughs> you can uh, test it on there. And you just hit up uh, these guys, and they'll get you all set up on it. It was pretty easy to do. Well, anyways, uh, like I said, join. We'll try to put a Twitter um, picture of your guys' Snapchat on there so it's a little bit easier for people to find. And, yeah, I look forward to having a great season with you guys. And, staying in touch thanks for coming on tubs at the club thank you all right dan thank you yeah yeah thank you you'll have to make a trip to moscow and come see our namesake the corner club uh, missed most historic bar in america 2015 nice i like <laughs> it the beer's cold on that all right yeah there you go and they got rain here on tap well i'd like to thank everyone for tuning in and i will talk to you guys next week when we do a big sky preview and we might actually see if we can get kyler on that Hey, I'll do my best. See you guys. Have a good one.